Hi folks and welcome back to another episode of Reload Podcast. I'm your host Connor McCann and joining me as always are my co-hosts Lee Maxwell and Nigel Lamont. So on our previous episode we had talked a bit about 90s Supermanies, had a bit of fun, transported herself back in time to days gone by, decided what we would pick, early 90s, mid 90s, had a bit of fun, a few surprise picks. So on this episode we're just going to chill out, hang out with yourselves and talk about what is happening, catch up a bit. So we'll have that usual news questions from you guys so the mood might be a bit low-key because i'm currently sitting beside two very hungover people here so yeah we might be a bit hungover a bit delicate (laughs) me never no but we'll we'll get into that very shortly so nigel do you want to kick us off with what's happening car wise not a lot sort of kind of uh that's pretty good i've been decorating the a room in the house so that's very exciting and then the bar I do a bit of part-time work for, it's reopening, so I've been helping out with that and with my own job, etc. I've been quite busy, but in the background, all of a sudden, we've found ourselves in ownership of a new car. Well, my wife does, sorry. She previously had a Seat Leon 1.6 TDI, Snoresville. She wasn't feeling the love for it anymore, and she had a cabriolet, and it's actually up the yard at the minute, uh, abandoned, but... She started talking then about she'd seen an A4 cabriolet and started looking and there was one quite local petrol went and looked at it and bought it on the same day. So we now own a 2007 A4 and it's a two litre petrol turbo. So it's basically, a, I think it's a BXE or BWE engine code. So it's a two, two litre GTI Mark V engine uh-huh. and has DSG box, leather, DTM, spec wheels and all nice. the rest of it. It's good. What years did you say? 07. 07, yeah. Actually, when I seen the photos of it, I thought to myself, oh, this TDI convertible, blah, blah, blah. And then there's, you there's loads of TDI, but they're mega miles or yeah. they're a bit shabby and stuff. This is actually a friend of a friend owned it, so that made it even better. Yeah. They had owned it for a long time. Um, smooth driving car and full electric roof, so it's like no hassles. My uh, 1985 Mark III convertible is a full electric roof as well. You're okay, as snappy as so, I am. No, but you have to clip it down <laughs> at the end, do you? Oh, you do. Oh, uh, right. oh you don't have St- to do that. full electric then. Jeez, these modern cars. <laughs> these 2007 modern cars are very good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, it? the Leon, uh, it was bought years ago, just like the other car before. We need room with kids and all the rest of it. Family duties. I'm getting old and uh, we don't need as much room as we used to. So Cabriolet seemed half sensible. Are they a five-seater or four-seater? Five, maybe. Uh, at a push. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for the no, well, A three would be crap. The A four is actually quite good. Very nice. So it is. I like them. They're that is it a B seven that shape is. I yes. think it's headlights yeah, kind yeah, of dropping. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they're a nice looking car. Then it's got the DM Edna daylight runner. I, oh, ones. it's like oh, <laughs> don't even start me on the five series. Um, yeah, no, I I like those. What's it like to drive? You know, with the the auto box with the Mark five engine. It's very smooth. Smooth, I yeah. and they're, they're a decent reliable engine. You keep the them DSG serviced. box. You just it just wafts along. Um, it's hard to beat when you down kick it you put it into sport I said before when I was talking about DSG I don't like the way it holds revs sometimes unnecessarily uh-huh. you know but that'll never worry me or my wife like because it's not for driving hard no I think we we left here in the last recording do you remember Lee on the way home mm-hmm. and it was the first time we've ever noticed your car the DSG box get confused yeah, it, very, very rare, but we were going downhill, coming down into like a 40 zone or yeah, something, so you were trying to slow down, Volkswagen. but you were coming down the hill, 
and it did a bit of a ooh, oh which which gear do I want? Yeah, it's sort That's of the held. first time in ages that it's done it. It only does it very very rarely. Yeah, it like held the revs and then it dropped them and then it kicked back in again. We sort of looked at each other and went, no, it didn't like that. <laughs> it's the first time in ages. Have you ever drove an old Mercedes automatic? Yes, they are. A punishment sent there. Mm. We we have been in Stefan's old Mercedes <laughs> many times. A close second, in my experience, would be early two thousands Discovery. Oh, don't even want we to had an automatic one of those, and they just I can only imagine it just picked a number and chose a gear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, at random, it was like the lottery on a Saturday night. <laughs> but no joke, like I was saying to Connor, usually that superb. Honestly, you'd swear to God, it could read your mind, mm-hmm. like because it's just always exactly where you want it to be. Before I had really got into like the DSG Volkswagen side of things, if anybody had suggested an auto to me, I'd have laughed at them because my experience of automatics was old pickups and Jeeps and things like that, and they were absolutely horrendous. You know, you're talking like a three-speed slush box that, you know, it's a three-second gear change where it kind of goes... Brrr, brrr, brrr. Good impression, Connor. Good impression. <laughs> it's, uh, it's like a drunk Chewbacca. It is, yeah. It doesn't know where it's going. It's... but. The technology in those things. I think the, is it the PDK, is the Porsche box as yeah, well? Yeah. yeah. I think they're all much of a much just now. I think PDK, a lot of people regard as the best of the Oh, base. really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, I've actually never driven those, but I always, when people talk about DSG and the Volkswagens not being as good as XYZ, I always think to myself, how much better can it be? You know, it's, well, maybe it's day-to-day driving as we subtle differences. Yeah. No, so we have a new A4, so. Very nice. What yeah. color is it? It's not a million miles off that uh, silver of the A4 daily. Very good. But it's different. Um, I, I don't even know what colour it is, to be honest. It would be lying if I knew. And um, what roof? Cloth. Black. black. Very nice. Black leather. Thought maybe you want something fancy, all red or something. That would be cool. So it would. But uh, I, I like those funky colours on convertibles. Lee doesn't. But I always wonder what it would be like to live with, you know. Do you remember the Mark 1 TTs? They used to come like the baseball stitch and they're oh, blood red yeah. and all. I like that. That was cool. It's hard to get a baseball stitch... TT interior. Yeah, they used to be everywhere. Yeah. I think most of them ended up in Mark II Golfs at some point. It's probably why you can't get them. Uh, Boys retrofitting them. Hmm. There you go. So, yeah, uh, midlife crisis is engaged. Excellent. I like it. (laughs) You look well cruising around that. Yeah. Uh, Also, this past week or so, I got players show in England sorted for the end of June. You going? Yeah. Very nice. Myself and Robin from Studio 10, he bought me tickets back start of March for my birthday. Uh, we didn't Good know whether it, go- we didn't know whether it was going to happen or not, and I think it was three weeks ago. We just I was up at his. I don't know what I was doing up there. Usual stuff, just calling for a chat and business. Business, sorry, business. That's what I was going for. <laughs> Guess anybody's listening. Yeah, and we actually booked a hotel. This is it must have been about a month ago. So we actually got the Goodwood Hotel. Oh, very good. Very cheaply. Oh, brilliant. And then it took the boat. So really looking forward. It sold out the spectator tickets. So right. it is, so. Lee and I were a bit cautious of booking anything this year, simply because last year we got caught out with so much. We had yeah. flights booked well, for America. The, and the hotel's refundable, cancelled. the boat's refundable. That's good, yeah. I would say the tickets probably be held the next year if the worst comes to the Aye. worst. And if that's all you lost on, it wouldn't be the uh, yeah. absolute end of the world. Yeah. So I'm absolutely buzzing for that. That's Is that Players Classic, is it? Players Classic, yeah. Excellent. Goodwood uh, Circuit. This will be my third year at it. First year I flew in, second year I drove the Edition 30, and this year we're taking the 911. Oh, very good. So, and you can sleep. Does yeah. that mean that you can sleep while Robin drives this time? Don't know. Depends if he runs out of Monster, he might get me to drive. Ah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, just to finish up then on my end, sorry, the Driven Run. Just a quick shout out to everybody about tickets. 
the demand for it was absolutely unbelievable. I think we sold out within half an hour. I was going to say it was a 40 minutes like or less. Yeah. Yeah, because Lee and I sort of looked at each other and he says, do you want me to book a ticket? And I was like, I go ahead there. And then 40 minutes later, it was sold out. And I was like, well, I'm glad, I'm glad we did that. <laughs> so, yeah, we might try something new for a ticket application the next time because sometimes there's people that have, I think there's people that have played three times still haven't got a ticket. So we might have to try something different the next time. But this time we have special entry packs for everybody that's bought a ticket and we'll have another driven event. We're hoping to have a big one towards the end of the year, something a bit different also. Very nice. So that's all my end, guys. What's Lee. new with yous? Good bit of progress on the Jetta for me the last couple of weeks. Yep. Um, You've actually been at it. I've been at it. I've actually been doing things at it for a change. And uh, So you got the listener nurse swear then, Connor? Did it hurt we were both swearing. <laughs> yeah, we were <laughs> both Window swearing. regulators aren't fun. <laughs> no, trying to hold up the glass and your hands are like, shaking <laughs> what do you call a couple out of father ted he keeps walking into the shop and they're fighting each other that's pretty much us, yeah, yeah. That's us. <laughs> oh hello father <laughs> um so yeah that's brilliant and i have booked an mot date whoop, whoop. what date you get 12th of june the mot's are short at the moment you can get one brave and handy yeah oh i could have had one tomorrow yeah. if i wanted but i was like i need a deadline let's push it out far enough that we can get the stuff done but it's also before uh, Euro and show, so yeah, I'm yeah. ready to go. <laughs> it's pretty much like a month before the Euro and show, so it, it helps that way. It gives you a bit of leeway. Yeah, so exciting times. Class. And also dropped off the wheels. Well, I say dropped off the wheels. I didn't drop them off, Connor did. <laughs> to New Look to get them done, finally. I'm getting them refurbished and painted just this time. I know I've been talking for ages about polishing them, but it's just not going to happen anytime soon. So, like a high gloss silver, a, or yeah, yeah, this is just a get them done, tidied up, and get the damn thing on the road. Yeah, yeah. So, basically, going for like a factory looking finish on them. The so. other thing is too, you get them polished. It's a maintenance nightmare. True. It's that, and the car itself. Well, this kind of doesn't really work out when you see what we're going to do to it but the car itself isn't meant by any state or by any stretch of the imagination so no. having like ceramic polished wheels on it is going to look a bit odd but then the fact that we have actually went to new look and they're going to look like brand new you're kind of thinking the same thing <laughs> but, but I like I like a roughish look, looking car with shiny wheels too yeah but they'll look tidy and just oh that'll be a perfect yeah. job um, we am plus yeah so I went down Friday met Andy <laughs> dropped them in met him it was actually Stefan who we constantly talk about in this as it turns out came down with me met Andy and Jason down at New Look he actually got out and introduced Stefan he goes oh this is the guy you hear about in the podcast and I was like we talk too much about Stefan it seems yeah that's Stefan you're famous yep so uh, yeah he took us around gave us a tour of the place fantastic um, one of Lee's wheels is curbed so they're going to rebuild it in metal so it gets TIG welded and then they actually have a we have them work to it's a dimensioning tool called a firearm and they take points around the rim of the wheel and like basically 3d model it and then when they build it back up in the weld it goes into the cnc lathe and that gets machined back exactly like the rest of them cool. so it means then when down the line when he does want to ceramic polish them it's all metal and you can work away with them be nice. so that was fun what turned into a oh we'll drop the wheels down got a two-hour tour got to paint a wheel got a powder coat a wheel i was like this is brilliant Disneyland? Yeah, as a element, <laughs> I could have stayed all day. Poor Stefan was starving. <laughs> so yeah, with that, um, you use other wheels news as well. Most boyfriends say it with flowers, I don't. Oh yeah. Sorry, I'm hungover today. <laughs> <laughs> Light bulb moment. Um, 
I came home from work on Thursday. Yeah. And uh, came into the kitchen and there was this big box sitting in the middle of the kitchen with Connor's name on it. I was like, oh, what, what have you ordered? Or, you know, what did you get in the post? And he was like, oh, what did you get in the post? So I opened up this box and uh, inside was two what looked to be brand new from factory Nova wheels. Which is the ones that I was talking about the last Solid. time that I said I didn't know what they were, but I'd seen them in the in the catalogue and I really wanted them. Who says romance is dead? I exactly. know, right? Had a wee bit of help on that one. So it was actually, I think you would know this guy, Nigel, uh, Adrian McGall, who brings the Novas to yep. Dubshed. So he had listened to the podcast and I think it was actually the first episode that he listened to was the 90s Super Minis one. And... He messaged me right away and he goes, I know you guys didn't know what wheels they were for the Nova, but the description, I know what they are. Sent me a link to eBay, two brand new old stock ones. So what did they come on? Early SRs? There were an optional extra on Mark 1 Novas. So you could option them onto them. It didn't come standard on them. So so they're non-SR yeah. SR wheel? Yeah. And then... I says I didn't. There were no photos of sender caps and stuff. And then I says, "Fuck it, I'll just chance it and see because they're like hen's teeth anyway." And turned out sixty-two quid delivered to the door. Oh, <laughs> How good to be it! <laughs> so yeah, I scored a few brownie points. We'll leave for that one, which was pretty good. Are you going to make it in the earrings? Just sort <laughs> of possibly, <laughs> possibly. Eat some set of ears for it to get them. Or what do you call what do you call the eighties rappers? Uh, run DMC had oh, the clocks or the, the VW neck. Yeah. So they're like a wee 13 by four and a half they're inch so wheel. They're, they're so teeny. They're tiny. So <laughs> size isn't everything for goodness sake. I, I, oh, That's I, what I'm told anyway. <laughs> I know. I know all about it. Team medium, Connor. <laughs> so yeah, with that, um, as Lee mentioned, we're at the Jetta. Got the brakes blade from the last time. Um, oh, window regulators are an absolute pain in the arse. So it turns out then that someone had propped the two the two we were we bought replacement regulators and turned out that they weren't actually that someone had propped the window up on one side with the wood and the other side was polystyrene but then the actual problem was on the regulator the glass sits down into like a u-channel and it kind of rests in that and the u-channel goes Uh, the regular moves up and down water must get in past the seals over time and then lie in that because it had rotted both sides I will the seal would probably harden and then uh, water make gets it past. permeable. Yeah. yeah, so the the actual U-channel, water must lie in it and then it rots because it had broken half. And then I had an old Mark 1 door lying outside. And I said, I'll go and nab it out of that. Went over and it was the same. So it seems very common. So I think it was 22 quid or something per yeah. side, sort of. So at least that was a, a handy fix. enough fix, yeah. So with a spare regulator, if you ever stuck or need one or if these <laughs> ever goes down, but... I think I had fitted... Well, we ended up put the, old, the, original, the one. original one back in because it actually was nothing wrong with the regulator itself because the replacement one was, was a bit... just... You know the way aftermarket parts sometimes they're just not quite right? Mm-hmm. Like they're they're pretty much there but there's just something that just wasn't quite the right yeah. size and shape. And Don't be doesn't... going old Ben Lawrence, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> He's right though. He's it's absolutely like, right. Do you know you're sort of winding it and it feels a bit like dry and we had greased it and it just doesn't feel 100% and you're like, nah, it's hard to beat the original stuff like, unless, unless it's breaks and it's your only option. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, As someone who works for a parts supplier, I hasten to add, most of them are all right. Yeah. But you just get somewhere, it's just not, and it's just not there. The problem is in the likes of Mark 1 Golf window regulators, you know, there's not an abundance of, you know, different brands of ones. It's like you take what you get kind yeah. of thing. So, it's, and they're probably all coming into the same factory anyway. I mean, that new one, if the if the old one had been fucked, 
the new one would have done. Yeah, yeah. But it's just not quite as good. Why use it when you can use a, exactly. a decent one? Yeah. Um, in our last, well, no, second last bit of news we have was uh, yesterday we have done a bit of rallying. So And some drinking. <coughs> oh, and drinking, as you can hear. <coughs> and this is the product. So <laughs> it was our friend Matt and Lucy's birthday and we had booked, I think it was 12 of us had booked for rallying at All Track in Craig Avon there. So I think in the early days I talked about, I did rallying when I was younger and raced dune buggies and stuff. And this is where it was at, which didn't help me in the racing, I will add. Um, so it's like a time trial circuit. So you go out two laps and then you're set team of four. So I go out, do two laps. You go out and do two laps. Nigel Lee goes out and do two laps. Then it goes back to the original driver. So you do that, you get four laps that way. And then they reverse the track and you do the same again. So they're all like 1.2 liter Novas, slowly stripped out, busy rally prep. Great fun. Oh. So you sort of think 1.2 Nova, it's not really going to set the world on fire, and it doesn't, but it's a tight technical circuit, and it's kind of like, you know, when you go go-kart racing, they're not fast, but when everybody's in the same thing. Even playing field. It, yeah, it's competitive. So unless you get a crap card. Unless you get a crap card. <laughs> so the crack was absolutely 90. They take it was over a, 90. It was over 90. The, they have a co-driver in with you, and they want you to push them on. You know, they're, they're not saying, oh, They'll, they'll tell you to hold back when it'll make you faster, i.e. not spinning in gravel and that kind of thing. But if you don't listen to them, they'll just shut up and let you do whatever you want kind of thing. But if you listen to them, you will get faster times. But it was it was good fun. It was brilliant. So I was shockingly poor. Lee parked the Nova on top of a tire wall, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> just need to take a moment, Lee, is that it? I, yeah. I got back in for my run, come out and everybody was standing watching. I was like, what's going on over there? And I got stuck. I came around and I just, there was this pile of tires and I just basically fucking bulldozed them. them. <laughs> and uh, then there was a load of them stuck underneath the car. So the instructor guy got out and pulled a couple of them out from underneath the bumper and it was, the car still wouldn't move. And I was like, there's still more de- there's under there. And I had to like jam it in reverse and just rev the absolute deck out of it and eventually got off them. But... It was about a four minute lap, I think. <laughs> Aye, and a normal lap's about 55 to 65 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've done all track about twice now. So It's great fun. Like, yeah, it's, and it's a good crack. The girl, Siobhan, who runs it, is the same girl who was running it back when I was racing her as a kid. And she remembered me, and we, like, we had great crack. I used to rally with her son. And. The Novas are the same ones. A couple of cars are the same ones that were there from like 16, 18 years ago. And the abuse they must stand. Yeah. You know, it's simple. Crazy. I suppose if they are fixed. Yeah. That's it. Well, that's what they said. Well, this is nothing else would take I the abuse. As I said many times, they are the greatest car in the world. And the one so, that you happened to get had a carbon fiber gear knob. So she was the same oh, as mine. Yeah. Yeah. A little Mark II Nova. And I was like, yes, I'm home. You can upgrade at all track, can't you? Like yeah, you can do the Subaru as well. Yeah. Because if you don't know all track, they do the rally circuit for us at Dubshed every year. That's right, yeah. So, uh, it's yeah, it's great. It it's run by decent people. It's a good laugh. They want you to have fun. And yeah. just, sometimes you go to places and it's very serious, you know, and it's obviously anything. Motorsport is serious and it's dangerous, but... But motorsport is fun also. Exactly, yeah. And a lot of people tend to forget that, you know, yeah. that that's why you're there to have fun. So, no, if, if you haven't been and you're local, do check it out because it it's a good laugh. Yeah. I think that was the first event they ran or the first day they were running from last March. So, Yeah, so they're, they're probably going through a tough year. So yeah, trying to support them. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, uh, Lee and I were on a milk run on Wednesday night. Just happened to land down at Sprucefield in the Bora 
just having to wash the board and all as well before going down. And yeah, I was out that direction too. You were out for milk as well? Yeah, milk. It turned out there was a lot of people out for milk I had too. to get Percy Pigs from Marks and Spencers. Ah, so maybe that's what we were there for as well. Yeah. But on <laughs> that Caterpillar cake. On that milk run, I don't mention the Caterpillar cake, you end up in court. Yes, on that milk run, there was a lot of modified cars happened up here at Sprucefield. It was strangely unusual. It was, and it was welcoming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there happened to be a lot of people there that you happened to see at shows and I hadn't seen in quite a long time. I must go out for milk more often. Yeah, I really should. It was good fun. A lot of it nice was a cars. Sensible, it was a sensible run to go get milk. Was. There was a nice turbo classic Mini there, which coming for me is quite a compliment considering I hate most Minis. But, uh, I think looked, he was getting bread as well as milk. Yeah, it looked very like Dale Freeburn's one, but it wouldn't have been because Dale was in the house that night. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and there was a lot of cars to go, but yeah, it was good. It was, it was a good meetup. Would like to say how many cars or people were there, but yeah. it was do, fun to see do something normal again. The less said about it, the better. Exactly, yes, but we'll have to acknowledge it, and it was fun. <laughs> um, so yes, go out and get milk in your local areas, folks, and see who's bump, about. See who's about. Maybe see fellow milk runners. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So we'll we'll move on from that. Let's move on. Um, do you want to talk about our sponsors, there, Nigel? Yeah. I'd like to take a moment to talk about our sponsor, Studio 10 Bespoke Car Care. Studio 10 is a car care business located in Ballymena, Northern Ireland. Robin and his team specialise in vehicle detailing, paintwork correction and ceramic coatings. Robert? Robert? <laughs> can, you, can you edit that? Do you want that left in or right? <laughs> Robin is a board member of the International Detailing Association, the only Mavinci approved detailer in Northern Ireland. A Rupes Bigfoot specialist and a qualified vehicle technician with many years of experience working on prestige marks. Studio 10 are also a distributor for Raceline Performance Parts, which cater for a wide variety of VW Audi Group vehicles and can supply and fit all Racing Line Performance Parts to your vehicle. To view their range of detailing packages, training courses, and details on all the services they provide, visit their website at Studio 10 Car Care. You can also find them on Facebook and Instagram at Studio 10 Detail. So, big shout out to Studio 10 for sponsoring the podcast. This episode is also brought to you by Rio Global. Rio Global are an enthusiast-owned company providing you with not only premium automotive apparel, but accessories such as garage banners, posters, stickers, and air fresheners. They're Northern Ireland-based and are an official stockist for 8380 Labs in the UK and Europe. Pop on over to Reload.Global to view their online store and see what's right for you. So, after that, folks, we'll kick it off with some news. Yep, let's go. Go for it. Do you want to go first, Nigel? Yep. News this week. I think the most important news is basically to talk about the show that's going to happen. A show? A show. I do like a show. We talked about that last episode, but we didn't have details. So Well, technically we did, but... Right, we'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> so, Eurotreffin, GTI and I are going to hold a summer automotive meat stroke show. It's going to be on the 3rd of July. I didn't give away location last week. By the time this goes out, the location will be disclosed because it's being posted on Sunday night. Um, it's going to be held at Blue Circle Boat Club. That's uh, 100 Shore Road, Larn. It's just basically beside the old Blue Circle cement factory. It's quite a unique location. We hope to have barbecue, prizes, and lots of chilling and appreciating of cars. All European cars are welcome, and we should have the usual traders and quality of cars there, and I am absolutely buzzing for it. Yeah. Me too. It was, on that milk run, a lot of people were asking questions about it, and it was uh, a lot of people was hyped for it, so it should be fun. Yeah. We're good to get doing something um, again properly. We're sort of caught in a place between, you know... Um, what legislation will allow, allow by the 3rd of July. So details will be more 
fruitful closer to the time. Yeah, and can change obviously because yeah, of that. Yeah. So, but so I think that's a given now with everybody. So please attend and support us and uh, hopefully we'll build something new and great. Yep, that should be good. My first bit then is uh, it's actually a bit of American news and it just reinforces the absolute crap that we get in this country. It's the new Ford F-150 Lightning. So the Lightning was always kind of the performance model of their F-150 pickup and this time it's been released as an EV. So it's not often... Boo, uh, well, boo EVs. See, it's not often that I like an EV, as people will know, I don't like change. But Sorry, before we move on, if I, if I forget, there's yeah. a video circling this week of a Skoda Fabia EV rally car. Did you see it? Yes, I did. Andy Maxwell tagged us in it. I don't know how I feel about that. It sounds like Star Wars. It does, yeah. <laughs> it's good and bad. What do you call the... Oh, Where's the anti lag? The fighter, the Darth Vader. TIE Fighters. TIE Fighters. Sounds like that. <laughs> so, yeah, it's... Uh, there's good and bad with EVs. This is actually a good one. This is one that I really enjoy. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Have you have you heard about it or seen it? So yeah, it actually looks quite cool. So the one thing that caught a my eye about it first was it actually looks like a proper vehicle. It looks like a traditional pickup truck as opposed to Tesla, which done the Cybertruck, which looks like the offspring of F-117 fighter pilot on a drug addict. Like, it's just weird looking, you know, and... You're just the average person's not going to buy that. So yeah. I don't get about electric cars. Why do they have to make them look quirky, stupid? Yeah, and <laughs> fucking in inverted commas futuristic, and put a load of clear plastic on them, and fucking that's f- just don't. The only thing that doesn't look right about the this only is reason the way they have to do that is so that people know that you're driving an electric car, so you can be like, oh, look at me in my electric car. I'm saving the world. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> there's the sum up electric cars but (laughs) but if they look like a normal car like if if you want to drive an electric car great go for it you know by all means i don't really care don't brand it all over the place you don't have to you know show it all off just be normal and do whatever you want well this thing here is sticking with the performance side of the actual the lightning brand so it's a dual motor four-wheel drive it's equivalent of 563 horsepower and 770 foot-pounds of torque so it's an absolute monster everything it will be built to tow too obviously um range 230 to 300 or 230 to 300 miles it's pretty good considering the size of it um tech wise it's quite cool there has load sensors in the bed so the more you put in the bed it actually will there's like scales in the bed will let you know if you're overweight but that also is used to calculate the range so if you threw something into the bed, obviously it's lugging more. It's not going to go as far. It can actually work it out and see what the range is going to be. It's pretty cool. Um, there's a whole load of stuff for it. They're offering like home charger kits for them. It'll take like 15% up to 80% in 41 minutes, which makes, it, yeah, it makes an EV kind of more usable at that stage because like you and I, Nigel, our commutes are fairly short. You know, they're not ridiculous. Lee's is like this wouldn't suit Lee, no. but... And our kind of thing, if you were coming home and charged it every two or three days, if that, you know, you could drive easily with it. The one thing I do like about it, the keeping the traditional shape of a truck, you can lift the bonnet and instead of where the engine would be, you have a what the Americans call a frunk, which is the front trunk, mm-hmm. 200, 200 litres of storage space, and there's four power outlets in that. So that's one thing the Americans do very well as a work truck that... We don't get that. Like we get a lot of the Japanese stuff, and I think the closest closest thing to pick up we have is the Defender ninety without a 
rear on it. It is, yeah. I for actually being rugged kind yeah. of thing. And like none of them are coming with power sockets in them or ex- things you can actually work off of. But I really wish they would. Um, price wise, starting at forty thousand dollars, which isn't mega money when you consider it. Now they'll probably go up to a hundred thousand if you want to spec it that yeah. way. That works out at twenty eight grand here. But the, time, than, but the time you get it here, it'll be forty grand sterling. Oh yeah, plus. yeah. But if that was offered here, that that costs less than a Mark Eight, Mark Seven, Mark Eight GTI. Yeah, for a utility truck, which is pretty cool. I, uh, plus, you don't have the usual story of bringing a six liter pedal over here and not be able to run it. It's a motor. Yeah, yeah. You plug it into your power as normal. So just on that electric story, there's a thing in my local paper there, and it was about the lack of EV charging points in County Down here, which is. County Downs known has been a bit more affluent in this part of the well, world. Well, let me tell you something. There was a story this week and it was basically saying that um, people are changing back to petrol and diesel because of the lack of charging facilities in County Down. I'm not surprised because that's the, the infrastructure is the one thing that's going to put people really off that yeah. do want to move to. As I say, County Down, you live in an affluent part of Northern Ireland, as we I will have you know. I wish I could say yes, but <laughs> and, uh, there's a heroin dealer that just got evicted from Cumber and there's been three murders in four years, so... Not so affluent, Conver. Yeah, fair enough. These are, <laughs> are fancy people here. You might kill and deal drugs, but these are fancy. You'd expect more kind of EVs. You know that, that North Down, you know, I'm from Bangor culture. That, ah, well, that's different. Like, yeah. yeah, but, you know, if they're not providing the, the infrastructure for them, nobody's going to buy them. Yeah. Plus, when you have all that fuck you money, it is very much fuck you. I'll drive what I want. I but, paid for my parking last weekend when I went into town to get my hair done uh-huh. on an app. Well, he's very like high tech now. The first time ever, which was very weird, but I didn't have any change because everything's contactless and stuff now. Like I never really carried money anyway, but I would have had a few quid in the car for for car parks and yeah. tolls and stuff. And uh, I didn't have any change, and I was like, oh, and I went on the app. But I noticed on the app, just this way, I bring it up, you could look and see where the electric car parking spaces were and book you could book the electric space on the app and stuff all right which is probably quite clever until somebody parks in and they don't care (laughs) (laughs) still until somebody parks their diesel superb and i'm just (laughs) fuck you (laughs) did you see that thing uh you can buy on amazon it's a fake electric plug. Yes, I did. And you can stick it on the side of your car so you can park an electric saw, parking space. Yeah, I saw <laughs> somebody on Facebook who said, like, university parking is whatever X amount per year, but yeah. there's an electric point. So they just put it in, <laughs> put the thing in, and they said they've been doing it for months and nobody said it bad an eyelid yet. Perfect. Get one out for the, the market. out now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, that's me for that one. Another story here is that I think Lee you mentioned a couple of episodes back about the catalytic converters getting stolen. Was it? I think it was Connor. Connor was, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Toyota have announced that they're to spend a million pounds, which in the grand scale of things isn't a massive amount of money no. to combat the thefts of um, catalytic converters in cars. Uh, they're working with the police, the AA, and a company called Smartwater, but just fifty thousand initial marking kits for the components so it's, it's after the uh, rates for theft of these have yeah. just went astronomical yeah it become popular yeah so just a statement from Toyota's uh, catalytic converter theft is a very serious problem in the UK and the effects and victims of this crime are emotional as well as financial we're pleased to be starting this initiative working closely with the police not only to help them with their efforts to combat this crime but also to send a clear message to criminals that if, that if they choose to target a Toyota or Lexus car there is now a far higher chance of getting caught. The marking service is free to all Lexus and Toyota customers who need to call their local dealership for more information. 
That's quite an actual, actually a nice touch from Toyota. I was going to say, like, they don't have to do that. You know, you've, you've bought the car, you're buying the car, whatever, but it is yeah. nice to see that. The, on the other side of things, though, no matter what you do, if they want something, they're going to take it. It's a, you know, it's that age old thing that, but, you know, if it's good to see a manufacturer looking at something and going, yeah, we'll, we'll try and help there. Here's a problem, here's a solution. Yeah. It's all, they can't do, you can't guarantee it, but at least they're looking to be seen to do something. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like a traceability thing that if you go to wait in the scrapyard, it's, you know, yeah, you can the, see where it come from. Yeah, something like that. The um, problem is it's already been taken at that stage. Uh, like yeah, the damage is done. The horse is already bolted, essentially. <laughs> it's already been cut off your car. It's it's how brazen they are about it, too. Like, your phone going, oh, at least I know where my cat is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, my next one, then, is the average age of the UK car is increasing. So... In Europe, especially, the average age of our cars, UK is a lot lower than most. So it was in seven, seven-year-old, roughly there. But as you talked about before, Nigel, there's lack of car sales, lack of car availability is actually driving up the average age of the car. So it's crept up. It's not a big increase, but it's up to four point, or sorry, eight point four years old now is the average age of the UK car. I kind of looked around other places in Europe as well. We are quite low still. The average European age for a car is 11 and a half years old. Luxembourg's the lowest, 6.5 years. So Luxembourg's quite low. So you could probably skew those results quite easily by a few hundred car sales because it is a small population. The oldest, unsurprisingly, is in Eastern Europe. You have Latvia, Estonia, Romania at 16 years old. So um, if you ever holiday there, you will notice most of the cars are like a few generations behind what we would be driving mainly on the roads and like they still have oh like you go to Croatia there's still like Mark 1 Golfs everywhere Mark 2 Golfs and it's common to see them being used still Spain when you're in holiday you see old Volkswagens you know, exactly Mark yeah. 2s Mark 3s and I think a lot of that even it's not even down to so much as poorer countries but especially in Spain the weather's better, so they last longer. Yeah, you know they're not rotten. They're uh, reliable. They're not rotten. Yep, that's why a lot of the a lot of the Novas here you'll see for sale now are left hand drive, and they're all imported, imported. from Spain. Oh, yeah, that's where they're coming from. Is so enough to convert? Would it be? Would be all right, wouldn't it? I don't know. Bulkhead, I think the problem is, no, in a Mark Three Golf, you can unbolt the bulkhead of the firewall mm-hmm. and swap it over. And a Mark Two, you can't. You have to cut the sections out. I think in Novas like that, so it is doable. But whether it be worth it or not. A good solid one for Spain, the right engineering boy. Yeah. Yeah. Save you a fortune. All the Novas. I'd drive a left hand drive, wouldn't annoy me. Uh-huh. You know, if you're not dealing with something like that, I think we've spoke about that before. It's not the absolute end of the world kind of thing. If you're getting a far better model, you're not going to have to weld every yeah. three years. So, yeah, that's me for that one. Um, some rallying news now, and great announcement this week has been that rallying proper rallying is to return to Northern Ireland on the 19th of June. So, we've been without a proper stage or rally events since March 2020. So June 19th, the 2021 McGrady Insurance Motorsport UK NI Rally Championship. That's a mouthful. (laughs) (laughs) Begins. So the first round is held at Business Court. And as I said, it's been the first time since March 2020 has been held. It's like tarmac stuff, is it? With some Bishop's Court? Yeah. Oh, very good. Bishop's Court's funny track. It only holds like 20 events a year because the owners are a bit, I don't know, you know, they just... They're very selective of what they, they run. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's always very good events. So there's other rounds too. Then on the 7th of August with the dog league stages up in Ballykelly, Lock, lock Golf stages, 21st of August. 
the Tour of Sperans, the 16th of August, and Tyrone Stages on the 6th of November. So a welcome return to motorsport back in Northern Ireland. Yeah, especially as... It's been well missed. For me, it's the, it's the home of rallying. Like. Oh, absolutely. I don't care what anybody says, Northern Ireland, and Ireland as a whole even is the spiritual home for rallying. I think the last rally I was at was two years ago. And I just had knee surgery. Oh, nice. I think it was a week out of knee surgery. So I was walking around in crutches. It was Ricky and Andy took me around. I remember that happening, yeah. And uh, me walking around the stages. Hobbling. The crutches. <laughs> a good wet day. The crutches would disappear into the yeah. grass. <laughs> it, was a really, it was really, really good weather. And I think it was a couple of weeks after Dubshed. It would have been nice uh, because I got my surgery after Dubshed, 19. And uh, you're watching all the modern stuff go through, which is very impressive and very technical and fast. But you're waiting for the Mark II escorts yeah. to come through and the Opel Esconas. And Frank Kelly. Ugh. not Mark II and it's when you hear them in the distance coming at you and then they go past but it's it's that it's them echoing through you know like the local area and you hear it in the background it's just it's so good yeah. it's I get tingles thinking about it like it's great it's cool Um, another story I have basically you'll know him uh, Niall Garrity from down Athlone Direction yes. used to have the Green Jetta uh-huh. he's made a move away from the VAG group and he's into drifting now okay and he's IDC's out of action this year. Um, himself and Richard Bradley are going over to the first round of the BDC ah, yeah, yeah. in England. So they're going away on the 28th and 30th of May, the Teesside in Middlesbrough. Um, the other rounds are 9th of July, Driftland, Scotland, 4th, 14th and 15th of August in Coventry, 27th, 29th of August in Wigan, and back again to Teesside on the 1st and 3rd of October. So the BDC's back and... Just a shout out to Niall and Richard and best of luck competing. Yeah, what, what's what's Niall running? He's running an E46 M3 and Richard Bradley's running his S14 with a Skyline engine. Is that the one that was at um, the drag day that yeah, day? Yeah, very nice. 800 brake or something ridiculous. Yeah. They'll be um, fun competitive cars on those so guys. I think, as far as I'm aware, it's normally a pay-per-view, the BDC. Yes, I. But they're doing the first round at Teesside free on YouTube and their Facebook channel. So tune in next week and support the local guys. That that feed's actually quite good. I've watched it before. The odd time I would have threw it on when I was working at the car, just in the background, you can sort of keep an eye on it on and off, and it's yeah. it's fun to watch. I was listening to a video from the BDC guys, and they basically said, yeah, we're going to put this first round on free just to show you what we can offer. It's like yeah. a... Get you hooked sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah free Makes trial sense. just to see what, what it's like. So yeah, best of luck, guys, and uh, some cool to watch for a while. Just finally, um, just want to take a wee minute here just to mention the passing of David Hollinger. Um, That's right, yes. If, if you knew about twin cams, you would probably know David Hollinger. Um, I, yeah. knocked, I, I knocked about with David Hollinger 20 plus years ago back in the Cumber Banger car park days. Um, One of the first cruises I ever went to was around the back of Centrepoint uh, Cinema in Lurgan. Yeah. And Davey had, had a Toyota TRD White Arch yeah. uh, A86 twin cam. Uh, I think it was split wheels on it very much like not of its time you know at that stage everything was in the big gaudy body kits this was like a Toyota body kit and performance orientated uh, I think it was yellow at that stage yellow and then he went back to black yeah and a lot um, of carbon fiber on it supercharger super, on supercharged it. engine I think they came out on Mark 1 MR2 them engines yeah it? it's, uh, it was seriously fit yoke and he could steer it well yeah uh, Dave was just such a nice guy and people from all around the country and further abroad if you're in the twin cams, you probably know David Hollinger. He always had a smile. He, he knew everything about twin cams, and he'll be sadly missed. Yep. Um, he lost his battle with, 
with uh, poor health in the past week. So uh, rest in peace, David. Yeah, no, it's sad to see, especially somebody local and as affluent as that, you know, as well known in the scene, yeah. as it is a big loss, especially yeah. to the Toyota guys. So, yep, RAP. Nigel, have you YouTube for us? Yes, I do indeed. I have one here. Do you want me to start? Yeah, so my first YouTube, and well, my only YouTube, is someone we spoke about before was Mike at Stanceworks. So Mike has the Ferrari 308 build going on at the minute. but Excellent series. It's crazy, yeah. Really, I like the sort of in-depth, nerdy stuff that he's showing. He's very detailed and... It's a big finger up to the Ferrari guys too, oh, which yeah. is hilarious. Oh, he gets the comments on the gets, pieces, like. Yeah, that's great. Tell so, me this before we move on. Painted archers or colour-coded? Painted or colour-coded? As in like, the Pandem Kitty's putting on I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, I think it'll work either way, I think. Yeah. Um, but the what, the video series I'm actually going to speak about is one that he has just started, though, is his E36. So anybody that's followed Mike or Stanceworks for years now will know... 10 years ago he built his maybe more actually he had a 325i e36 in grey absolutely gorgeous car he had bit the e46 m3 swap into it so it was a bit different than doing the e36 simply because their e36 in the states is very weak compared to ours i think it's maybe 80 horsepower less it's not a great setup i think the uk one got 310 or 320 and then the us one got 240 or something like that no i think it was 270 or 270 it was a, it was a right difference between the two i think it was so, a three liter and a 3.2 was it no? it was essentially a bored out uh 328 engine oh. was basically what it was um so yes he went with the e46 swap individual throttle bodies again back 10 years ago before it was a big thing all run on factory management and then he took the car off the road a few years ago and now he's kind of recommissioning it so he's doing a full underbody restoration it's got the typical bmw high power issue of where the subframe cracks and pulls out of the floor so he's working on that as well but yeah if Going by his Ferrari stuff, this will be a nice one to watch and not as in-depth. You know, it's not a absolutely bare shell teardown. It's going to be a how to refresh a car and get it back on the road again. Yeah, it'll be a great series. You know what I can't... It always crops into my head when I watch his videos, when I look at his workshop. What does he do for a living? I think that is it. Stanceworks, they build cars for people. But there never seems to be customers' cars in the past. Has he another workshop or what? I don't know if it's that or if it's a case of now with this, this is his job, you know, the YouTube side of things. Maybe his clothing lines, just mental. Maybe, probably. yeah, because there were him and is it is it Bradley, the other guy who mm-hmm. was with him, were building customer cars and then they kind of parted ways yeah. just because they wanted to do different things and maybe he's just started up the Stanceworks channel because mm. it, it has gained a lot of traction with doing the Ferrari. So, again, maybe he's enough to live on. I'm, not, I'm really not sure with that. What have you got for YouTube then? YouTube, um, I'll kick off with uh, another excellent series, or that's a three-part video series, and it includes my favourite car journalist, only second to Chris Harris. Oh, I thought it was going to be Chris Harris. No, 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 it's Henry Catspole. Um, his videos are fantastic. Car facts and videos are fantastic, let's face it. So this basically is a shout-out, shout-out, callback to my teenage years with going to motor shows and getting posters and on the wall you would have mclaren's gt series cars stuff like that there so this this three part series is called the ultimate group test and it's basically a tribute to the gt1 era of the mid 90s so he basically gets three cars loaned from dtk engineering and it's basically the three hyper cars of the mid 90s 
the three cars are basically a McLaren F1 GTR, a Porsche 911 GT1, and a CLK GTR. So three quite special That's quite cars. That's quite yeah. Yeah. Um, but they're all a product of each other, kind of. Well, basically, McLaren started it. Yeah. And Mercedes finished it. Do you remember, Lee, we seen the, the GTR, the CLK GTR in France? Yeah. We went to Paris. Mental. Yeah. The size of them are insane, yeah. like. Um, but they're a clamshell. Yeah. Watch the videos. The videos are about 20 minutes each. There's three of them. There's a lot of history in it about the cars and why they came to be. Basically, McLaren was released in the mid-90s. Um, it had a BMW 6.1 V12. It cost 600,000 new, 627 brake horsepower and an 1,100 kilogram car. I back then too. Not the 63.2, top speed 240. That's the first video was the F1 GTR. Then the next video was the Porsche 911 GT1. And it was interesting to find out it was basically, it's a sort of cut and shut Right. Because it's based on a 993 and then they basically stuck a 962 Le Mans race car to it. As you do. Um, Mid-engine, 1,100 kilograms, 536 brake horsepower. Cost around 525 new, whereas the McLaren was 600,000. Not the 60 and 3.7, top speed 192. CLK GTR then, the Mercedes. It was different in that McLaren was a road car that was developed in a race car. Yeah. The Porsche was a sort of a mixture, whereas the McLaren GTR or the Mercedes Mer- GTR was a race car having to be turned into a road car for homologation. So it's basically a raw race car with a few bits of switch gear They're inside of it. insane, like, yeah. Um, at the time, it was dearest. It was 1.1 million in 1996, I think it was. Because it was an actual race car. It had a 6.9 litre, 604 brake horsepower engine. But they dynoed the one that they had out in trial. It was more like 700 brake. <laughs> um, not the 16th, 2.9, and a top speed of 232 miles an hour. They all had space age materials and technology and all. Um, as I said before, in 95, McLaren was uh, entered into the Global GT Championships, the BPR, and then it went on to win Le Mans. This pissed off Porsche. They then became Le Mans kings. In 1986, the 911 beat the McLaren. Then Mercedes stepped in the ring and just completely dominated. And I think everybody gave up after that because Aye. they couldn't sit with it. How do you compete with that? Yeah. So basically the Porsche and Mac- McLaren wouldn't exist if McLaren... Or the Porsche and Mercedes wouldn't exist if McLaren hadn't Come along and started. In. No. Good good uh, video series. Lots of nerdy car facts. Details of the cars that you maybe wouldn't know. And uh, There's a nice wee conclusion at the end of what car you would pick for certain scenarios. Uh-huh. Yeah, they'll all do different things yeah, as well. Yeah, well, that's, well, what, that's what we broke it down to. But I'll let you just watch that to see the summary, basically. Yeah, no, it sounds good. As I say, we had seen them in Paris in the, I think it was a Mercedes dealership in Paris. Yeah. Which, as you can imagine, is as over the top as, yeah, it's always going to be like. Um, it was mental. And it was actually the same day we seen one of the Renault 5 Turbo 2s yeah, as we well. Yeah, went into the Renault dealership. My favourite thing was the Mercedes nail polish that you could buy. That's right, yeah. <laughs> so, and I was like, I wonder, is it like the paint codes of the cars or whatever? Probably it is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Get our matching. Yeah. Next YouTube then is on the 1320 video channel. As you know, it's it's all about drag racing and street racing. This one they released um, recently was basically a Stockholm open racing event, which uh-huh. is basically hardcore street racing yeah. in the middle of Stockholm. It's an overnight event. I forget how many st- 
entrances at the start. It must be 24 or 30 cars. Like, they're the best of the best in Sweden. Yeah. And they turn up. And they basically road race on motorways. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know how they get away with it. It's mental. Well, they block the motorway by have a starting point and then all the f- the followers and fans block them away so the police can't get up <laughs> to get them stopped. Like, okay, fair enough. Um, if they brought a helicopter, I'm sure they could stop it. Uh, personally. Yeah. But it's absolutely a man- it's, it's mental. Uh, Kyle from 1320 follows them around. I think it starts in a tea time, you know, 6 p.m.-ish, I yeah. think. And it goes right through the night until about 7 or 8 in the morning until a winner's found. It's a more extreme version of when they used to block off the nuts corner roundabout for Correct. drag racing. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, good good video. I think it's it's a long video. I think it's 40 or 50 minutes. But 13, 20 stuff's really well done yeah, though. Yeah. Uh, it's good now, so it is. You any more YouTube? No, I'm no. I'm out. I have two more YouTubes. It's basically recommendations, not not much detail. But uh, one of them is Hoonigan. And they basically bring kind of block in to compare... The one of the more modern WRC Subaru Impreza's versus a McRae area. Oh, that would McRae be good, yeah. era um Impreza. So they have a closed dirt track, uh they time it, they put Ken Block in both cars and come up with a summary at the end of it. Very good. Yeah, I think, actually, you, I, think I think you'll know who wins in the end, but ah. it's good to hear the difference and can describe how the cars differ. Yeah, the same driver driving yeah. them back to back, yeah. yeah. Um the last one, basically, a channel I found lately, and it was uh, Mike FPE. Oh, I don't know that. He is an English fella that's in his retro Fords, building them, tuning them, stuff like that there. And there's heavy Ford content. And this one I watched recently was basically uh, the Donington uh, Ford Owners track day. And it's like a retro Ford uh-huh. uh, track day. So it's him taking the Fiesta. Did he take the Fiesta or not? can't remember. But he goes to this track day, but there's just a plethora of just... 80s, 90s forwards, that kind of thing. Just that sort of era, just deliciousness. Uh-huh. RS2000s, Mark 1, Mark 2 Escorts run just crazy engines. And, and getting the same been used. And driven hard and well. Yeah, That so sounds good. Another wee recommendation there. So Excellent. enjoy, folks. Well, as I said at the start of the episode, we don't actually have a topic today. We're just sort of chilling out with you guys. So we'll move on into our questions. And Nigel, you put out for questions yesterday, and it yeah. never fails to amaze me the amount that we actually get. <laughs> um, Lee, do you want to read them out? I can do. I was trying to find a picture of the Mercedes Museum, or not oh. museum, the dealership there. Oh, for yeah, from when you were there. It's, re- it's one of my favorite photos from that trip was um, me standing beside the the Renault 5 GT uh-huh. with the uh, with our Renault key because oh, we had a yeah. Renault hire car. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't as fancy. It was a Clio Estate. It was a beige Clio Estate. I hastened to add, <laughs> flying cock. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was. Remember the cock sportif? The oh, I, yeah. They had that brand on the headrest, so we called her the cockmobile. <laughs> yeah, because it was roosters all over it, of course. The cock sportif. What's that? The sporting hen. It must be. Aye, it was a strange old brand. Mm. This one's from Simon Dot White. What event are you most looking forward to once lockdown's done? For me, it's J A E, which I had to look up. Japanese auto extravaganza in England. That's the one. Yeah, <laughs> it looks to be a good show. That. Yeah. Yeah. I'm guessing it's players for you. Or Euro Treffen third of July. Say. And you were going to plug that. <laughs> Euro Treffen. Yeah. For, for this year, because it's like. Well, it's the only one that we're definitely confirmed that we're happening, going to, blah, blah, blah. And next year, where are we going? Next year's going to be America. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Fuck this country, more like. <laughs> Just going to fly, we're not coming back. Uh, that's going to happen someday. 
Kieran Casey, any more room on the driven run? Raging, I missed out on the tickets. Sorry, boss. Sorry, Kieran. <laughs> is there a reserve list for anything for it, or is it is it jammed? There's a reserve, but it's jammed. Aye, because anybody was asking me about it at the milk run that I wasn't at, um, I'd say I'd give you a message if there is a reserve yeah. list. You know, just you know to make you aware, but I wasn't sure what was going on with it. It's just we can't have too many cars, and it turns into a circus. Then you, know, so yeah. you have to limit the numbers, some. especially with the minute with the restrictions yeah. too. It, it yeah. makes it more difficult. Mav ninety G sixty, do you procrastinate like I do and have to pull an all nighter getting a car ready for a show? Usually, yes, all the time. Oh, Lee and I it's are part of life. I thought I thought it was normal. Oh, this is the norm for Lee and I. I don't even think it's necessarily because we procrastinate. You just you always get down to the wire and something unexpected has happened along the yeah. way or something hasn't gone as quickly as you thought it would or whatever and the night before a show is always blah yeah it's nuts <laughs> I think I was going to fit it three years ago and I was basically bringing the car down from the farm to my house uh-huh. two hours before the boat and a radar hose started leaking and a caliper seized of course it did yeah and got the caliper f- freed up Cross the fingers that going to fit it, your Liverpool across the Manchester and back. We just it's, thought it'll be all right. It's a kind of 40 minute drive from the boat or um, so, isn't it? And the hose was sort of made do, but uh, I, th- I think things build character, Connor. They do, they're <laughs> they, they've created a weekend, yeah. I think one of the most extreme ones later I ever did was your Ventoli, yeah. Um, the famous story it was booked in for Ultimate Dubs in I don't remember what year 2011, maybe 2010, yeah, a long time ago, that, mm. yeah. and it was supposed to be painted green. And we were painting it a week before the show, and I don't know what happened with the paint. This real weird reaction, and a snap decision had to be made for direct loss to go on to it. Quick, easy color. Lee picked grey, and we painted it two nights before the show. Now the show is in England, so we had to get a boat over as well. Um, so we painted it, assembled most of it. Uh, threw the rest of the parts in to the car and decided we'd build it in the show hall. So while most people were polishing the cars or cleaning them, we were actually putting Build these it. back together. Yeah. Um, we, people thought it was Discovery Channel live build. It was pretty much like <laughs> that. We got about 20 miles from home and then it started raining and Lee hit the wipers and we realised that the wipers weren't bolted on and they were hanging up in my dad's garage still in paint. What else did we do on that? You had the Mitsubishi wheels. And we had kind of mocked them up roughly, but then refurbished tires on and we threw them into the boot and decided we'd fit them over there. And we'd actually never seen them fitted with tires on the car nor knew that it actually worked until we were in the show hall. And like everybody that was with us was standing around we going, lowered the jack, yeah, and that was the first time. <laughs> we did, we were like, this is either going to work or really not work, and it did, but like you don't always get that lucky, but yeah. This said uh, no wipers. You actually bought a wiper at the Auto Jumble, I think, to yeah, get home. Yeah, a single wiper. He actually gave me it because I told him I'd driven the whole way over with no wipers, and I think he felt sorry for me. And he was just like, "Here, kid, take this." Um, yeah, you you were just a photo of you as well, Lee, with the the plastics for the the B pillar plastics, like sitting on her lap because it still fed through the seatbelt and the seatbelts on. Yeah, that was a that was a stressful time. Um, Good fun though. The only time I ever got my car ready for like in time properly was when I painted the Mark Three, was aiming for Castle Well and got finished up a week early and went down to That's I was just about to bring that up. That was just such a turnaround. Yeah, MLVW's show a the week before seized. and then blew the gearbox clean out of it, of course. So don't ever get your car ready in time. Um yeah, so we think we got home 
and within the space of a week we had the engine and box out new box sourced fitted painted the engine painted the bay did a very mild bay tuck on it compared to what it is now and got it going again that was a tight push um yeah last minute deadlines build character but they also make you want to kill yourself is the other thing yeah it's some <laughs> sometimes it's not as fun as it you know it's yeah. good looking back on it but at the time it's very very stressful emmet ol 93 when you were in school did you call it one eraser or rubber and rubber rubber because rubber. Rubber. we're not american and two a pairer or a sharpener 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 i've never heard of a pairer before have you heard that term that's old school i think is, is it, it? Uh, they're definitely it behind the times I was going to say it was you sharpen it with a knife as opposed to aye That's, I didn't really carry knives in school though so it was pretty good <laughs> maybe knives sure you didn't <laughs> tough times there were tough, tough times, times. <laughs> James Doherty 95 if you had to pick OZ Super Turismos or Rotiform BUCs which would you pick that's not a question OZ. that's OZs every time <laughs> <laughs> yeah the I think the cast Rotiforms have a reputation for cracking occasionally do they? yeah well they did it years ago i don't know if, what way that is uh, now but probably sort of they're pretty much the same wheel essentially when you look at the two but yeah kinda... i looked them up earlier in fairness neither of them are particularly my taste but and that motorsport depend on aspect. the car i suppose but one the ozs are a little bit nicer one thing i'll say is if you're looking to sell them on again those will hold the money better yeah more than likely mm, yeah also true uh ronan h21 Engine still out of the car, waiting on diff and clutch to arrive. New coilovers finally came, though. He's been waiting quite a while on those coilovers, he was telling me. What coils are they? They're KWV 2s or 3s, I think. They're like a high-spec... Customs hold-up or production? I I think it was production, because he was messing them and just saying it was materials and sourcing. Mm. I think it was driving him mad, as you can imagine. CM Auto Detailing, he says, you should chat about the vintage car run in Oma, if any of you are attending or know about it. I looked this up. I couldn't find a date or details. I was the same. I searched, uh, well, I Googled, and then I went on Facebook and stuff, and I could not find anything yeah. on it. So he wants to give us a shout. Send the bin, we'll show yeah. you. Don't worry. If it's something we can make or we can get to or talk about, certainly, let and us know. that applies to anybody. If you have any events or anything you want to announce, we'd be yeah, happy we'd... to announce or encourage anything. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Uh, Ryan Cudlip. Got it to be missing the next reload run and Euro Treffin. Working away sucks. Sad face. Per ran is no luck. That's a double blue. It is, yeah. Especially um, after winning that 20 valve Mark II. He could have brought it. He know. brought it in the last driven run. Yes, the wet one. Yeah, he had to row it like a fucking canoe. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. Uh, another one from Ronan. He says, Connor, I think we should ship our cars to Helen next year. That's a sore point. Oh, the photos and all this week have just been yeah, so so depressing. People probably heard us talking about Alpine Vague for two years ago. Lee and I went over in Helen and Georgia, and like it was absolutely amazing. It was coming up on my time hop two weeks ago that we had been there two years ago. Just heartbreaking, and it was it was killing me then. And then the show ran again this weekend. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, this is terrible. And I was actually in 2019. I had planned to bring the car over to America just basically to tour around we had raf was a friend over there at the time and before we'd known everyone else as well and we we're going to leave it with him and kind of tour up and down the east coast and had a few shows and then turned out the front strut tires were rotten so i put a stop to that play but yeah it's it's something i still want to do because who, who runs the fun. fair again um it's a, no well yeah he's one of them paul. yeah paul barney is one of the organizers for it um absolutely fantastic show 
it's set in if anybody hasn't heard us talking about it before it's a basically a Bavarian village in Georgia which is kind of weird it's like somebody lifted the village out of Germany and just dropped it in there isn't a NASA factory close by no no I know what you're getting at a <laughs> um, few rocket testers it's there's a few rockets about it I'll tell you that <laughs> Um, absolutely fantastic like it's the sort of place you could just wander around and go like this is amazing if a river runs through the town I think it's the Chattanooga River um, you can go down it on like big inflatable tires and just live your best life yeah they have a roller coaster they built like a roller coaster in the forest so you, as you do yeah it, it's, it's amazing um, lovely Closest lovely spot thing Northern Ireland gets is a slippy slide down Glen Forest Park or yeah. something they're building at the or if anybody from Banbridge has ever been to the Belmont falling, rolling down the hill drunk after <laughs> <laughs> the slippery dip in Newcastle was oh, the, the bees oh you're knees. taking me back there yeah. is it gone now it's gone yeah it was Sometimes. fun times so yes if I can get the car over to the state side we'll definitely be doing it like uh, next one is from Sperrin Detail uh, thoughts on Drift Games Golf Widebody I actually was going to bring this up in my sort of YouTube news stuff. Have you seen it? I've seen a bit of it. I haven't seen the whole the full build. I, I have to say, I'm really liking it now. So for anybody that hasn't seen it, it's a Mark 7 Golf van. D- diesel van, yeah. Yeah, um, to put the Pandem White Arch kit onto. Um, Pandem's kind of a more a Japanese thing, isn't it? Yeah, for that scene. that's Japanese manufacturer. Yeah. Um, have they done like decals on the back to make it look like a car with like the tinted windows instead of oh, a van? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, really tidy, nice building. I think they put it together. Well, they definitely stole that idea from Fenton the Show. Let oh, me tell you. Yeah, that's for sure that. <laughs> it's, uh, did I ever tell you that story before? Yeah. We were at Fenton and there was this Feldspec Sara sitting outside and it was the worst prepared car I've ever seen in the show. And it looked like somebody had washed it with a brick and the swirls were all over it. And I was looking at it going, even there's there's even swirls in the glass. How does that happen? Like real heavy, mm-hmm. and there were like really heavily tinted windows. And I kind of walked up to it and was like, "That's a van, and mm-hmm. that's a sticker." It was a black sticker on the back, made like supposed to look like a window. And to get it lower, I looked in <laughs> through the front windows, and he had all his tools in the back of it to make it lower. I was just like, "No, fair play to you." Yep. Down south, the van things because of the tax, isn't it? Tax, yeah, I'm pretty sure. It's um, cheaper to tax a van. I think in the car. south, a lot of guys are converting like R32s and stuff to vans. You know, very commercial, <laughs> smart moves. Um, yeah, that that build, the Drift Games build, is really cool. Um, I wasn't sure on it, but the more video footage I've seen on it, I just went, you know what? That's really different, and it's aggressive as hell. It is. And I like to see things being challenged. And yeah, it's not your normal build that we uh, would be used to. It's it's actually a nice color code. The the white, you know, it's not. They could have went so way it, over the top yeah. of the color. Yeah. No, it, uh, saying that they'll probably put mad graphics on or something. Next hopefully so. not. <laughs> um, Bert B one three R R T says, "What grinds my gears is MOT guys doing destructive tests on sills." Yeah, there's nothing as bad as that. I think it's just a bit of stress relief for them. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, when your pride and joy is up in the ramp, and even when you know the sills are good on it, and they're all. Everything's nicely painted in, wax oil and all. And they're Dolly Dover, says the Mark III man. Well, no, <laughs> uh, not now. Um, and they're beating away at it, and you're like, you, you just know that they're okay, actually... Okay, there's a hole in it. You don't have to destroy the thing. But even if there's not a hole, they're damaging the coating yeah. that you've put on, mm-hmm. and then next year, the water gets behind it, and then it forms a hole. It's such a pain in the ass. Like As a Ford Fiesta owner 20-plus years ago, 
I know exactly. You know the pain. <laughs> yeah. It's uh no, I have brought stuff to MOT that might have been bluffed over before on the cells. Really? Yes. Uh not the Mark Three actually, but yes. Um and there's it's that sinking feeling when they go around the cells and you're watching. Caught it. You. Yeah, and you see him hoking and then he's really going at it and you're like, Oh, I've been caught here completely and he calls you over and you're like, I didn't know about that. Oh, I only bought that thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I don't work on it. No. You stand bogging covered that in oil. Old, that old mechanic, <laughs> I couldn't trust him. <laughs> the, the oil stains ingrained into your hands. Like, no, I don't work in cars, mate. <laughs> Just send me. Uh, I'll get it through. I've never seen anybody like an MOT cars like Lee. Oh, send a girl through. <laughs> my my Mark II went through with the seat. You know the way the sliders and the seat rails in the Mark II? Uh, I call it. Yeah. So the seat was hanging out of it. It was every leaking. time you braked or accelerated, the seat went like whoop, yeah. whoop, whoop. Uh, it was leaking oil. <laughs> the front bolt missing, or the actual slider? The sliders inserts? were slopping about. Must have been both then, if it was possibly, but it was it was ropey. ropey. Um, the back of it was broken as well, so it was kind of at a, a bit of an angle. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it wasn't great. So it was a challenge to drive. Is what you're saying, Lee? Yes. Yeah. The the carb was fucked, or so, there was something wrong with the sail on the carb. And it kept cutting out, and we didn't. Either we didn't know, or we didn't have time to fix whatever was wrong with it. It was leaking oil. It was like yeah. So I got up, and it as soon as I pulled up and stopped because of the carb thing, it cut out, and I was just like, "Oh gee, oh no, I've stalled her again. Oh, I'm such an idiot!" Ha ha ha! Like playing up to, I'm like, "Oh, I'm such a silly girl. I don't know mm. what's happening." <laughs> yeah, and it went through. It's good crack. The the. The back brakes, like the handbrake was non-existent. And your guy says, oh, that's real bad. And she was like, oh, I don't know what's wrong with that there. And he was like, how long? He put her back through again. was like hauling on it. I was like, I'm not MOTing anything ever again. <laughs> it is Lee's turn. MOT men are very nice. I do. If you bring the right car. But if you bring, there's a guy in Lisburn. I used to, or me and dad both used to bring the car to. And uh, he used to have Novas and he loved Novas. Now he did fail us occasionally if it was something really bad. Like, but he would, you know, he'd be fair. It was alright. Get that fixed when you get home sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, Chris Woolsey, any classics coming to the Driven event? I'm thinking about bringing the 2002 TII. That'd be tasty. Yes. Um, classics, there's... I'm bringing the Crado if you call that a classic. There has been classics on the previous ones. You yeah. would know better but this one coming up. Um, I had a quick look through the entry list. It doesn't describe what cars are being, but I know some of the fellas that are entered. Um, there's quite a few 911s, but I think they're more modern ones. There's a 106 Rally, an E33, a TNIS. Um, what else is coming? Any Mark IIs, Mark Ones? I think there's a couple of Mark IIs coming. Yeah, Johnny Blair's bringing the Mark II. Yep. Um, any older than that? I don't think so. What age would that, the 2002 be? I'll be in the 70s. I was guessing sort of late 70s. Uh, late 70s, yeah. Yeah. The Jetta won't be ready yet, so. No. Boo. It would have fitted in with it. Um, Marty Mem. Sorry, it sorry. isn't a race. So, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. please bring your car. I don't be, don't be thinking yeah. you're not going to keep up. Like, it's it's a cruise kind of thing. You can drive however you want. It's not a timed event. Sorry, Lee. Marty Mem, where did you say the location of Eurotreffin was again? <laughs> See earlier in the episode, Blue Marty. Blue Circle <laughs> Sailing Club. Good man, Marty. Now you can stop annoying me, you fucker. <laughs> um, Bob91. I think Bob had a stroke when he wrote I this. I was did, looking at this going, what? Because I don't entirely understand. He's How drinking far vodka. away can get from Antrim? Not How far, far can enough. I get away? Wigan Pier. 
take me away. And then the little monkey emoji. I think they do need to take Bob away. Because there's <laughs> yeah. definitely something or take his phone away from him at some point. <laughs> thanks for that, Bob. Yeah, th- thanks for your input. Much appreciated. Crank <laughs> uh, Wagon. What is your guilty pleasure car? A car you like but are ashamed to let people know. We had a question like this a couple of months ago, I think. And I answered and got a lot of abuse. And I don't think you two fuckers actually even answered. I'm ashamed so. for your pick. Never mind you been ashamed for it. <laughs> well, I'll pick? say mine again. Chrysler PT Cruiser. They are cool. The amount of people that send me them and say, show this to Lee, and I go, no. Well, I'm people not. do send me cool Some people agree with me, I'll have you know. And they send me pictures of cool ones. And I'm like, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> I don't really have any guilty pleasure stuff. Yeah, a car's nice. I like it. And yeah, that's it. most of the stuff I should be a guilty pleasure for me is Hondas but like I like them I've they're cool again TDM yeah. rules now yeah we're, we're back in the game <laughs> um, S14 OCP favourite car TV advert all the DOE ones we talked about the last time yeah I think yeah, the people got killed in us <laughs> going back to my childhood I think my favourite adverts do you remember the 205 driving through the f- fields of barley going on fire no the GTA advert no I don't remember that. And then there was the Saab fighter engine or fighter jet. You know, because Saab built fighter jets, they okay. marketed the nine nine thousand. Oh, Always being on like a par with their so fighter jets kind of, of thing. Oh, it's like a jet because we built jets, but yeah. it's not really because it's built by Vauxhall. <laughs> <laughs> it's essentially a Cavalier. Um, yeah, I think a two five one. There was a series of Volkswagen adverts in the nineties, basically understating the GTI. You know, it's. Remember the one he pulled up the lights and there's an Astro GT beside him? Yes, I remember that one. And then, oh, here's one. Do you remember the fella driving along and his girlfriend's in the passenger seat and there's a squeaking noise coming from somewhere and he couldn't work out where it's coming from? He's in a Mark II Golf. No. Couldn't work out where it's coming from. Pulls into this film station. This is in America in a desert somewhere. Uh-huh. And this fella from the film station comes out and helps him. They're shaking the car back and forth. Turns out to be the girlfriend's earring making a squeaking noise. <laughs> and then it basically says, if only everything was life was as reliable as a Volkswagen. If, uh, if only the Volkswagens were as reliable as a Volkswagen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's, there's so many good ones from back then. The modern ones are terrible now. They're oh, real they're tacky and cheesy. Vianney The one of the Nova. You know, like going around the wee, like obstacle course and like jumping over stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. I like that one. My one, I don't actually remember this being on TV, and it might be an American one. I'm not sure, although the car does have European plates on it. Was basically it's the land speed record car, like firing through the desert, and there's a camera car filming it, so you can't actually see. You're just seeing the view of the camera, and it's kind of like keeping up with it. Next thing, the land speed car starts to pull on it, but only slightly. And then it releases the parachute and the camera car sort of comes past it, breaks down to a stop. And then it kind of focuses on the land speed car for a while. And the driver of the camera car gets out, lifts the camera off. And as he turns it around, you can see the camera car they're using to keep up with the land speed car is an E39 M5. <laughs> That's like a genius, That's from, class. genius from BMW. It's just, and it's, but you're right in what you say. The modern adverts, they wouldn't dare show speed or performance. or it's Yeah, like, it's, it's frowned upon now. It's all happy clapping, yay, green. Do you know what it's like? It's like people talked before. If you ever look this up, it's quite a common thing. Perfume adverts. How do you advertise a perfume? You because can't, you can't smell it. Yeah. yeah. So it, they're perfume just perfume adverts are a complete load of bollocks. 
Yeah. You know, they're selling you a, a concept or a lifestyle or a, some an idea. Some well-oiled man comes in and hugs you and that's your perfume, what it's meant to feel like, some shite like that. But that's the way full, uh, cars, car adverts are going now. Yeah. Because they're not allowed to advertise anything that's going to be fun. Yeah. I think a lot of performance stuff is now clicking this link. It can't be in mainstream media. Yeah. And there'll be maybe a film series you can watch of M3s or stuff like that there. You're not accidentally going to come across it sort of thing. One of my most favourite uh, car adverts is actually I Love Bass or Hype Factories, JKC. I suppose, yes, he actually could count that. Yeah, that the is one a freaking crap. Yeah, they did cool. it for the M3. Yeah. Yeah. I actually thought of that and I was kind of thinking more on TV, but yeah, you're right. That, that was brilliant. So follow JKC and there should be a link for the video somewhere. It's just basically the, the history of the M3 up to modern day. I shown the evolution of each model. Adam killed it with that one. It was really it's good. It's really subtly done too. Yeah. And to be honest, you could show that on TV because. Yeah. It's not showing any racing yeah. performance. It's mm-hmm. just a nice evolution of each model. And I learned something new from that there because I was going, there's an M4, this is all M3s. And then I realized, somebody said to me, oh, an M4 is an M3 coupe. Yeah. Yeah. I lost track I, I, of all that. I don't know what yeah. that's about, but there you go. It's weird. Jake, who has now changed his Instagram username, I've noticed. Uh, he's now Jake under slash slow up. It is slow. <laughs> under that <laughs> Uh, he's asking worst injury you've got while working on a car my most recent one there probably is when I busted my hand doing your servo um, yeah. it definitely needed stitch it didn't get stitched and it's now starting to give me bother that it's healed up because I can't grip as well with it but um, I've had a few good near misses but not, that's probably the worst injury burns I think is probably my worst mm. oh welding burns yeah they're fun Two, I would probably one where I had to uh, slice my hand I was working in an engine bay on something sharp and I had to get stitches and the other one was I was grinding off an exhaust and got a spark in my eye. Oh, yeah, I've had that before. Because safety first, kids. Yep. <laughs> and then the, you get the lecture in the hospital. Were yeah. you wearing, why were you not wearing your glasses? And you're like, I was. And they're like, no, you weren't. No, you okay, weren't. I wasn't. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm not going to argue anymore. Just fix me again, please. Ricky MJC. What's your favourite car show in the UK that you've been to? Mine is probably NEC Classic. Yeah, I went to NEC Classic with Ricky. Yeah, it was very good. Oh, you just enjoyed it, didn't you? Yeah, it's massive. It? But a lot of more classic-based stuff out of it, isn't it? Yeah, um, but the stuff like F40s and all cool yeah. old-school stuff, just in tuners, oh, it's fantastic. Stuff you don't generally see at the kind of shows we would frequent. Um, but Players Classic every time, just... Oh, really? Well, since I wasn't allowed to go to Players Classic, since I don't have a dick. Um, <laughs> it was a style duo, we'll add. I'm not bitter about that at all. I'm going to say, probably the first time we went to Fitted. Yeah. That blew oh, my mind. The first year at Fitted, before the, they started to... The scale of Fitted, you yeah. know, it was just, it's mental. I think, I remember the first year I went to Edition 30, uh, or Edition 38, um, 2008 or nine. Uh-huh. that blew my mind. And going to them shows... It, it fires you up to build something or to continue the edition 30 it's one I blew hot and cold on but when it's it, not as good now like, but, but you know. thinking back to those early days of it it was good yeah. and even if you leave it a few years and do go back it's still good but you could, I wouldn't go every it year it is I like edition 38 it's but good atmosphere it's, it's like everything like a, I've been going to car shows for two decades now basically you get jaded back then at the start when I started going sorry uh, GT International and these things have cycles yeah you know, they have they get a few years, next thing, boom, something replaces or somebody puts on our show, oh let it still go down. And that starts to lose its prestige or its touch or whatever. So Yeah, it's it's hard. It's the way things go sometimes. It is. 
But there's a lot of good shows out there. You oh, know. Absolutely. Um, Ian K says, "What are you looking at right now?" Right now, Lee. <laughs> no, Nigel. I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking at Connor's fantastic T-shirt from Alpine Alpine Folks Fair, Helen, Georgia, 2021, the which is right in the made. post this week. It did. I'm looking at a a chair. A chair. Very <laughs> good. good chair. Yeah. <laughs> We're all up to date. Um, Ian K again. Did they wonder? Are we looking at Dubai or looking at? Oh, I don't know. Let us know, Ian. That'll <laughs> do for next we week. We went for literally. <laughs> yeah, we're very literal people. Um, and he also asks, what is your favourite breakfast food? That just made me hungry thinking about that. I'm starving. <laughs> I'm so hungover. <laughs> I, I have two things here. At home, I like to buy Asher's pancakes because I support Asher's. You know. <laughs> controversial. <laughs> very controversial. Controversial. <laughs> You support the fact that they taste really good. Yeah, is no. the hatred in them taste good? <laughs> the hatred just adds the flavour to them. So it does. No, uh, they're very fluffy pancakes. They're lovely. Um, I've actually three suggestions here. So I like uh, Asher's pancake and some scrambled eggs if I'm at home. Uh huh. If I'm in this country, I like a good filled soda. I forget oh, fries. A good filled soda. Yeah. And if in America, I hop pancakes. Done. I'm out. Better or worse than Asher's, though? Oh, better. Better. There you go. What about you, Lee? It's a tough call. Um, at home, I like a fry, but a fry that I make. Yeah, your own fry. Although you're quite good at frying, to be fair. So uh, either of us is pretty good. Either A fry from the Max Can household, is, it's all good. Um, Max Can. <laughs> <laughs> Lee has just rebranded us. <laughs> That was Brian par, years ago. The car par couple. <laughs> <laughs> what they call portion backs? There's a combined name. There was, was a, I think there was, yeah. Well, uh, I think it was portion backs. Was it that all? I thought it was a combined name for them. Maybe yeah. it was another par couple. Um, I like a McDonald's breakfast. You know, I think it's hard to whack. You do. When you're stuck, yeah. Yeah. Uh, At home, for me, it is a so- sausage muffin. Just mm-hmm. cook a few uh, sauces, Erwin's muffins, plenty of butter. Tasty. Good call. Um, I enjoy those, plenty of pepper on them. The other one we do usually on a Sunday is a wee, like a gourmet food van in Portadown called Flat Dogs. They do, obviously, like chicken and waffles is kind of like a like a more American-style breakfast or lunch. He does duck with waffles. Fancy. It, it is, is really tasty. Unbelievable. See, duck, waffles, hot sauce, and maple syrup over it. Top notch. His Chef's French kiss. toast. Chef's kiss. French kiss. A French Potty. kiss. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's an in-joke behind oh, that. Sorry. <laughs> His French toast is also very nice. Yeah. Say. It's a nice treat and just really good. I like the way we put loads of effort into the food question there. And Another one. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> you know us well. Um, More food questions. Oh, dear. Here's one I, I don't know how to pronounce. Go for it. Come back to that one. Go on, butchered. Go for it. S... Cough 09 under slash DB dailies. Okay. He's Sorry. not listening anymore. Sorry, my good man. Um, To pull away from the Euro scene, top three Jap cars under 10k. The under the under 10k thing might kind of oh, get me, but because I don't really know the values a lot well, of that that's stuff. what I was going to say. That's what's hard for me because um, I don't know how much they're worth. I would be going probably, I really like a 300ZX. Big I was, fan I was of those. Cool. Picks, yeah. yeah, 
Um, E.G. Civic, as I've mentioned many times before. Can you get them under 10 now? Oh, you're bound to be. Are you? Uh, get a base one, throw a bigger engine. <laughs> he didn't say about modifications. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm as much of a shitbox as they are, I'm partial to Classic Impreza. I'm just looking at that one there in the wall, but having owned one or had one for a while, it was... Mm, questionable at best of the build quality of them but they're fun too if you know what I mean um, I don't think that would be in my top 3 pick under 10 grand though I really don't know I think an MR2 of some description would be oh, in my top 3 we've seen an MR2 out for Milk the other night as well and they were nice a 350Z no what are they yeah, you'll, get, you'll get a 350Z under 10 grand yeah, yeah one of them an MR2 and always like the 300 ZXs yeah too. I think they're really nice I have no idea what they're making at the moment though I think I looked at these a while back and I think you can get them anywhere between 6 grand and 16 grand you know the reason for 300 ZX was I remember years ago knocking about our local car scene here uh, a guy brought one in from Japan like back in the late 90s this the import scene yeah it was metal, metal. Uh, he brought one in and he put hybrid turbos on it exhaust mapped it and it was just it sounded insane and went like shit off a shovel. Are they a twin turbo V6 standard, I think, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. But in America, I think they're called Fair Ladies and they're regarded as a ladies' car. The Nissan Fair Lady? Yeah. Or was that Japan? See, I think the 350Z got that kind of moniker as well. Did it? But I could be talking out of my arse. Yeah, it was from my brother. He says that I think he was over in America for a year and I think it was sort of looked down on the 300ZX. Aye. See, a lot of the Jap stuff over there probably because you were getting like. American muscle lock sort yeah. of thing wasn't as popular until uh, Here, here's here's one CRX oh Mark yeah CRX you could get one under 10k yeah that would be good I had one years ago and loved it yeah they're a hooligan machine mm-hmm. big fan of them what do you like friend of a friend had an SIR imported one yeah black they're worth money class. now oh, I, I do like a CRX a wee tin can mm. um do you reckon I get a Galant VR4 under 10? Yeah. Right, yeah, sweet. That's number one. Um, <laughs> two. What else do I like? MX5? Oh, good call. Like a classic? Like a yeah. You get a generation modern one. one? Get a modern one, see so what? They're actually a really good driving car. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've never had one, never driven one. I don't really know very much about them, but I understand they're supposed to be cool and fun, so I'd, I'd give it a try. I basically filled one. When I get into it, I'm like, I'm the fall of it. Like, but there's I thought you were going to say you had an accident and you filled it. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be hard either. What else? Oh, I'd buy back my old uh, Suzuki Swift Sport. Yes. My one. Sorted. Good yep. thinking. Whoop. Shout out to all the JDM guys. Indeed. And our infinite knowledge of prices of JDM Somebody cars. needs to come on and screw us on them. <laughs> exactly. Um, officially E.T., if you had to stick with a single brand for the rest of your days and it couldn't be Volkswagen, what would it be? Three, Audi. <laughs> three letters. Is that cheating? Well, I thought it was the VAG group he was moving away from. Uh, BMW. BMW. Yeah. I really don't know what it Yeah, maybe BMW. It's, um... Depends how deep your pockets are, Porsche, if you remember. <laughs> I'm not massively into the BMW. I, like, I wouldn't be, like, probably greatly accepted into the the BMW scene for what I would do to BMWs as such like but yeah I suppose sticking with that German thing again maybe Honda you know yeah it's I, do, I knew you would pick Honda yeah I do I do like Hondas I think in another life I'd be in a job stuff have I yeah definitely I um I just can't get a Honda tattoo yet because I haven't had any <laughs> <laughs> um 
I don't know what I would go for. And I, even at that, like, I'm not massively into the modern Volkswagen stuff either. You know, I I like my older stuff. I, I would say I'm more of a Mark III enthusiast than a car enthusiast. I'd probably go with that. <laughs> um, I'd probably pick Audi, but if you can't go Vag Group, talk at Vauxhall. Vauxhall? Yeah. Yeah, stick with the older stuff as well. Yeah. Most modern stuff's shite anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Can I have a Monaro? our children. Can I have a Monaro if I go with Oh, Vauxhall? now we're talking. Yeah, what a car. Now you're sorted. And then the last question is from FF Metalworks, Dennis. Um, he says, you've just won the lottery. What's the first car you buy that you can get today? And then another one that you might have to order or import. Want me to go first? Mm-hmm. Alpha Julia GTA for the one you can buy today. Not that you really buy anything today because there's no cars available apparently, but those things are absolutely... Yeah, I really like those. Yeah, that's like the GTA is the next one up from the original like M5 eater kind of thing. Like 530 horsepower. Think of carbon fiber seats in them. Just um, Yeah, they're absolutely insane. The sound's so good too. It's kind of like Alpha came back on track to what they're supposed to be. I'm a big, big fan of that. Um, order or import. Ooh, take your pick. American trucks or um, a 3.6 liter Volkswagen Atlas, which we didn't get here either. It's so good. Yeah, something like that. Something big and excessive. Did you ever... All- ask Robert how much it would take to get uh, an Atlas here? I did, yeah. It was scary. It worked out to be something like 30 or 40% over... What it costs? Yeah. When I'm when they're 50, 60 grand starting. Yeah, it's mental. Yeah. It wasn't worth even <laughs> looking at it. Yeah. Because <laughs> we did, I did talk to him about it and it just was absolutely insane. Mm. There's a car in this country that I want to buy. I don't want to say what it is because in case the person who's listening is listening and or who owns it is listening and then they'll know that I want to buy it and then it'll be a whole thing. The price goes up. And the price goes <laughs> up. But if I had won the lottery, it's not technically for sale, if you like. Ah, uh, yeah. So I'm, that's why I'm hedging my bets in case it does ever come up for sale. But if I had just won the lottery, I would be walking down to their door and going, yo, How much here. do you need for that? <laughs> Money talks. Um, Import. Yeah, I thought of an Atlas because I think they're cool. Otherwise, like, Something really big and silly in American, like a Hellcat or oh yeah, that'd be cool. Something like that. Yep, something seven eight hundred horsepower. Yeah, just for the absolute crack. What would you guys? I'm going to be born, and my two choices are both Stuttgart. Um, I would just walk into a Porsche dealership and spec out a, a GT three of some sort, Wysak edition or whatever. Something ridiculous and. Sorry, that's on the forecourt, isn't it? Yeah, something you can win by. You'd be able to listen you to that as your order, though. Yeah. To well, yeah, but I think you can buy them. You can go up and buy them. They're available. Uh huh. Um, but to order something, it would be a Singer nine eleven. Ah, uh, yeah, nice. So, that's uh, that's that's a good choice. Um, and that is a sort of lottery win type money you would be you know, you're going to spend on. I think they started five or six hundred thousand. Really? Yeah, that's mad. That's a lot of money. <laughs> Here, you just want the lottery. Well, that's true. <laughs> I'd love to. I need to start doing the lottery. Hmm. My, my next job career, I've class is going to be lottery winner. That's what I'm going for. We'll just stick to our kings in the meantime, will we? I, no, <laughs> don't even start Lee. <laughs> See, they're auctioning off. Uh, sorry, competition is 
they've done a house and now they're doing you know them big massive apartments in Portrush the big glass ones ah yeah they're doing them as well £100 a ticket that's getting a guy I know or a guy I work with won a holiday there last week or the week before ah that's right yeah for like two euros or something but you think about it, how many people do we know have won Ross Anakin won the M3 Glenn won a Mark II Clark won a Gulf R estate yeah it'll be our turn next Aye. Keep it, it has to be. <laughs> it has to be. That's where they get you suckered in, you see. <laughs> oh, dear. Wrap it up, then. Wrap it up. That's it. Yeah, so as always, folks, really appreciate you hanging out with us. The questions are fantastic. It still amazes me we get as many because I listen to other podcasts that take questions and I can never think of ones week to week to actually send in. Um, if you want to help us out, give us a share on social media. Tag us and whatever social media you do, we'll always reshare it. You can find us collectively at Reload Podcast on both Facebook and Instagram. I am at Connor McCann. I'm at Maxwell House 46. And I'm at V Boy. And we'll catch us again, folks. Thank you. Cheerio. Bye. Hi folks, welcome back to another episode of Reload Podcast. Podcast? 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 Is it because me talking about poos? Fuck, it must have been. <laughs> Connor's still drunk. Jesus fuck.